Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters To Go. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show here on this Labor Day weekend. Satellite Sisters is really a labor of love for us. Wouldn't you say, sisters? We do it because we love it. That's right, Liz. There's no pay, so we might as well love it. Uh, I'm Liz Dolan. I'm in Santa Monica, California. Later today, I will be meeting our sister, Leanne, on the beach with other family members. Uh, So she's not here right now, but Sheila Dolan from Pasadena, California. You're going to be on the beach later today, correct? I'm going to be back on the beach, Liz. I'm heading west the wild, wild west, and looking forward to seeing everybody. <laughs> All right. Julie, you're in Dallas. You know, I hate to even ask about the weather, but it's just been such a bad summer for you. You know, it's so bad that I have a little bird feeder at my house, and I looked out the other day, and there were no birds uh, drinking out of the bird feeder, but there were bees had lined up in a circle around the bird feeder because it's so dry, there's no water. And they were looking for a place to get a drink of water. That's how hot and dry it's been in Dallas. Okay, that just sounds awful. Monica Dolan, you're in Portland, Oregon. How goes it there? Gorgeous here, Liz. Just absolutely spectacular Labor Day weekend. Of course, I'm on call, so uh, trapped inside. Can't do much. But uh, I have to tell you, I I started... uh, started sort of working on my whole work back schedule for the October wedding, family wedding that's coming up. Oh, yes. And uh, I figure I got one month till D-Day. And I, I have a question for you guys. Uh, can you wear black to a wedding? Could I wear a black dress, Julie, to your son's wedding? I, I did know that because I was planning on wearing a black dress, too. <laughs> i hope it's not the same black dresses julie is that a, would that be is yeah. that appropriate no i i yeah i think it's totally appropriate i've read that in several magazines yeah i think you can wear you know kind of any color is good um i know Lindsay lohan got got a lot of bad press for wearing a white dress um to the big kim kardashian wedding but oh, uh, I missed that news item. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I, I'm not going to be wearing white. I, I believe. Me. I think black is totally appropriate, Monica. Yeah, I, okay, I definitely... because I, I did Google because um, I found a black dress that I like, uh, one that's I, I feel is is pretty flattering on me. So I'm ready to make the purchase, but I didn't want to, you know, do something wrong. I did Google, is it okay to? wear black to a wedding and, and they told me up? well well first of all when you google like okay to wear black to a wedding this whole list of okay to do things come up so i could have gone to it's is it okay to eat sprouted potatoes <laughs> and there was another one list <laughs> is, is it okay to shower during a thunderstorm <laughs> is, and then the third one was is it okay to wake an owl okay 
<laughs> so that so that vaunted Google algorithm isn't totally delivering what you need. <laughs> so I just thought it was really funny. You, so I did click on okay to wear black to a wedding, and they said it's okay if the wedding starts after five p.m. Now, isn't your wedding starting at four thirty? It's starting at four thirty, but uh, but I think you're. So it, should I wait outside? <laughs> wait, the, the wait for thirty minutes. Out, wait for wait 30 outside minutes. for thirty minutes with an outside with a with the raincoat on. <laughs> Then at five, I can reveal the black dress. I think that's a that's a very solid way to think about it. I know it's totally fine to wear a black dress, Monica. Okay. I think that's good. Yes, and importantly, so. you should wear something that you know that you want to wear that you feel comfortable in because I have a sense that the bride and groom really want you to be happy and have fun at their wedding. Okay. All right. Well, I have a dress update, but of course, it has nothing to do with what I'm wearing because I've devoted the last six weeks of my life to what mom is wearing. Here's, here's a little tip for families listening. You know, there's a lot of stuff in the news about how to take the car keys away from the older members of your family. Like, when is it time to tell them not to drive anymore and how to have that conversation with them? What they don't tell you in all of that counseling they're providing is once you do take the car keys away from them, you're the driver. (laughs) So you have to really start planning for that. It's not as simple as taking the car keys away. And uh, so, Julie, as you know, on last week's show, I reported to you that last weekend shopping trip uh, scored the rehearsal dinner dress, right? That's right, Liz. I know you sent me a text that you had found that mom had found just the perfect outfit to wear. So that's great. So this week, yesterday, we spent the day, we had already hit like the Bloomingdale's and the Nordstrom's in Santa Monica. So yesterday, we were at the Bloomingdale's at Century City. (laughs) They have the same clothes. Well, no, because the one in Century City, Monica, is bigger. So it has a broader selection of uh, stuff that is, and more age-appropriate stuff for an 84-year-old woman, which is what our mother is. In Bloomingdale's, they're just like heavy on the the Rachel Zoe collection, and I really had to steer mom away from that. <laughs> that was, that's good, Liz. That's good. Otherwise, she'd be in the raincoat standing outside the church, too. She shows up in a Rachel Zoe. Though Rachel Zoe has this adorable knockoff Chanel stuff, Sheila, that looked very you, actually. Both mom and I agreed at Bloomingdale's yesterday. Really? That the Rachel Zoe knockoff Chanel would look adorable on you. But whatever. So we did yesterday... We scored a wedding dress. It's just a very simple blue dress. And what it came down to is us agreeing that the simple dress that then you accessorize with fun, sparkly party accessories was really the way to go. Instead of buying something that had, you know how a lot of dresses for the last year have just had stuff all over it, you know, mm-hmm. like sparkles and beads and things. Mom doesn't really need a dress with stuff on it. She, she knows that she has like a closet full of crap that she's bought at TJ Maxx and never worn. <laughs> so we decided the simple royal blue dress with the sparkly TJ Maxx scarf was really the way to go. And I think it's going to be a really good look on her. So mom is done. Sounds good, Liz. That yeah. is good. That's good. Well, that's what we were working on. Accessories is what we were working on here in Dallas. I mean, as I think anyone who's ever 
been to a wedding. You know, this is you. Everybody makes an effort to get. You need the bag and you need the shoes. So, uh, so this week we were working on shoes for the flower girl. That would be Alice. You know, and and you you know you have to find shoes that match the dress that are the same color ivory as the dress. So, but fortunately, you know, after scouting out about fifteen different shoe stores, I found one that you know that had children's shoes flower girl shoes that's that's a that's the only reason you would buy this pair of shoes so mm-hmm. and of course then benjamin who's two you know he wanted to wear his sneakers but we've we've upgraded him to a pair of saddle shoes so um oh, so gonna he's going to be, gonna be he's going to be adorable he's not going to be in the church uh but he will be wearing the saddle shoes for uh, photos i don't know how long he's going to keep them on his feet he'll be outside in a mini raincoat <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, he'd be, I'm sure he'd be happy to be outside running around. Sheila, that is that is pretty much the plan. He's going to be a, with a babysitter sort of outside circling around if the weather is good. I mean, he's two. He's going to, he's two. He's, a, he's not ready for church. No, we might have a small contingent outside the church. I'm fine. I'm fine babysitting too, Julie. <laughs> you don't want to miss the big event. But I have been trying, speaking of accessories, I have been trying to help the, you know, the couple. They, they like to do a lot of do-it-yourself projects. And one of the projects they were working on is the welcome bags. So when you arrive in New Orleans at your hotel, there's going to be a bag that's going to get, have information about the wedding weekend and a couple of little baubles and bits in there. And they were having a hard time getting the bag. So I said, let me do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Let me just take it off your list. Because I figure I can come up with bags, but here's the problem. You know, uh, they actually have a very strong point of view about welcome bags, which I never expected that they would care. I was planning to go out and get some blue bags in the same color as the invitation and be done with it. You know, I could do it in like one trip. I would have really nice blue welcome bags. But no, they want bags that can be reused. So they want cloth bags. And, and I was like, okay, I'm up for that. And then I can print your name on it. No, 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 no. They don't want their names on the bags because they th- said, you know, no one would use the bags again if they have their names on them. So now we have to, I don't know. All I'm saying is simple tasks have become a little more elaborate. Well, so. this is when the bride and the groom are both in the art world i uh, guess they just have i just this never, is an area where they will have strong opinions i i just never expected my son to care like what the welcome bags look like but he cares deeply in fact we're having a conference call on welcome bags <laughs> oh wow today. all well, right I'm glad, I'm glad they're into recycling i think that's positive julie oh it is positive sheila it is the way to go if if and i and I will be recycling a dress that I wore over 20 years ago. So I'm into recycling, too. Oh, oh you're going with a vintage look, Sheila. I'm going with the vintage black dress. I think I, I wore to Brendan's wedding. And I, I, it's an absolutely flawless dress, as Rachel Zoe would say. It's, <laughs> and it's comfortable. Well, go for it. And it's fun. And it still fits. That's miraculous. Good for you. That, that's, right. that's reason enough to wear it, Sheila. If you can still fit into a dress that you, anyone had 20 years ago, go for it. That sounds great, Sheila. So, well, we're all looking forward to it, Jewel. It'll be a great family gathering. And um, so I just wanted to report in. I haven't spoken to you guys in a while. I've been 
on vacation, of course, summer vacation, I'm getting ready for school. But in the past couple of weeks, I've really been following closely, um, you know, the sad uh, devastation really that hit Vermont um, from Hurricane Irene. And um, it's a special, Vermont is very special to me. It was like my second home uh, when I was uh, a teacher in New York. Uh, my ex-husband and I took our daughter Ruthie up there every summer. And a lot of our friends in our old town um, got completely, completely wiped out. And I just wanted to send my love and, and prayers to everybody there who's rebuilding. I mean, no one would have thought, I mean, Vermont did not come up on people's radar uh, when Irene was, you know, we were hearing all the reports before Irene. And so it was really, really scary. And, um, and Vermont, as you've all read by now, was hit the hardest. You know, I was thinking of you yesterday, Sheila, because there was a picture on the front page of the New York Times of the devastation in Jamaica, Vermont. And isn't that the town where you used to go? Yep, that's our town, Liz. Uh, Jamaica just got completely wiped out. And it's a tiny town in southern Vermont. It's about a half an hour outside of Brattleboro. Um, and the, the poor people, the bridges just got completely demolished. And there's a river that runs through the town and, and, and that, of course, overflowed. And that's what caused, um, a lot of the damage. So, yes, big shout out to Jamaica, Vermont, of course, everybody there. And Vermont, you know, Vermont, Vermonters are very, they're very stoic and they're very proud people. Um, but I think this really brought them to their knees this time. So just wanted to send my love that way. Yeah, Sheila, I, I know in, here on Labor Day weekend, the forecast uh, for Vermont for the next couple of days because of this, of the new tropical storm Lee is, is for additional, you know, four to six inches of rain for Vermont. And you just think of, you know, people who are trying to recover from that kind of flood I mean, and they're going to have more misery coming their way. So yeah. uh, they, do, they do need our prayers. So that was just a quick update on that. And, uh, but basically, I've been preparing for school, girls. It's another school year. Another, another crop of third graders coming in. <laughs> and, Sheila, you know, Sheila, what's your, your first day? What do, you, what do you like to establish right from the beginning as, you, oh, as well, school year begins? First day is um, is all about sense of community, Julie. Sense of community. You have I have a good icebreaker. Um, it's uh, got it right off the web, and I'm happy to say, after 20 years of teaching, I still r- I run out of ideas. Okay, <laughs> on the first day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I have a good sort of uh, group activity planned on the first day. Plus, I'm going to give them a writing assignment. Uh, we have two math lessons to do, and it's a half day. We have, we have to go over the rules. We have a lot to do on the first day, uh, but we will get through it. And I just want to say, after 20 years, wow, you know, what a difference 20 years makes because I'm finally at a point where I'm not completely frantic about the first day of school. I can I can say many of the teachers at my school are coming into my room this year for a sense of calm. And I think that's a 
kudos to me. (laughs) (laughs) So do you have some kind of philosophy that is different than you had when you were a newer teacher? I mean, you know, no drama comes to mind. Absolutely no drama this year, Liz. Mm. And also I've streamlined. I've streamlined. Well, the first thing I did was got rid of my big honking desk. Because as a teacher, I never sit down at a desk. And this was like a nine-foot, you know, 100-pound metal desk that just ate up a lot of the room. So I got rid of my desk. And oh, I, so you're approaching this all from like a feng shui point of view. Yeah. That's, oh, you're just feng shuiing your classroom. Oh, everything's completely feng shui. And um, my desk arrangement is, is there's a flow, the chi flows list. <laughs> and we're... we're we're gonna have we're gonna have some really good chi flowing in that room. I mean, I think that sounds you know, Sheila. I think for frantic parents that have maybe have anxious children, that this sounds great. If they walk into your classroom and they see it's open and spacious, and there's not this big barrier, you know, of a desk between the teacher and the student, oh, that, that might be very appealing and uh, attractive. Thank you, Julie. So, yeah, got rid of the desk, streamlined, um, and, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready for the first day. I'm looking forward to it. I've been memorizing my, my class names all weekend. And, uh, you know, if you, don't know, if you don't know their names, you're sunk. I mean, you just have to know everybody's name by the first day. Really? Ooh, ooh. And what, do you have your, what's your outfit for the first day of school, Sheila? Do you I have a look? lovely, I, I went to Target, and I bought four new shift dresses. Because it's hot here in September. Streamlined. <laughs> I'm, I'm completely streamlined. I'm not doing layers. I'm not doing separates. I'm just doing a nice A-line shift dress, Jewel. Ooh. Very nice. I, so, uh, so that brings me to the question of how your plan worked out all summer. You were kind of on a health program at the beginning of the summer on Satellite Sisters, we heard about your three-pronged plan. Well, to, Are any of the prongs still in place? How'd that work I, I'm happy to report that I, I um, that, that there's been a 10-pound weight loss this oh, summer. Wow. Fantastic. Sheila, impressive. And I'm reporting it as if it's a, a mystery because, frankly, I don't know when it happened or how it happened. Because... <laughs> I went off my three-pronged plan, and as soon as I didn't focus on the weight loss, uh, the weight loss started happening. Uh-huh. Now, that's not to say I'm still not practicing my three-pronged plan, which involves uh, diet. Oh. <laughs> so like, uh, fresh food. Fresh, fresh small food. amounts of fresh food. Small portions. <laughs> and lightweight. <laughs> <laughs> this is we're waiting for the book about this plan. Yes. And and I, I mean we're supposed to eat less and exercise more? That's yeah. right, Liz. And I was just doing my ageless with Kathy Smith today strong tape today. You're ageless with who? Kathy Smith. Oh, oh, okay. A lot of listeners asked about this, the staying strong series. Um I did I did my fifteen minutes of lightweight and her words come back to me. Um, <laughs> the ring very, very loud this morning. At some point during the case, she said, you can drop to your knees if you need to. <laughs> <laughs> That's good advice. And you needed to. 
And I needed to, to pray, to pray for forgiveness, to tell her to stop. Uh, weights are, lightweights are hard. I don't know if anybody who's tried them. They're, they're, they're not easy. But anyway, 10 pounds going into the new year. Let's cross our fingers and hope it stays off. So, Monica, how about your end of summer wrap-up? You were on vacation last time. We spoke. I think it's safe to say there was definitely, there was almost a 10-pound weight gain this summer. But that's well, okay. <laughs> have like four weeks before Julie's wedding. Yeah, you know, I had just a fantastic summer vacation this year. I took a whole week for myself. Uh, well, I am by myself. <laughs> Even can I just jump took back a whole in? week off. That's good, Monica. Even wait, 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 Sheila, Sheila needs to jump back in. What is it, Sheila? I like how you called it Julie's wedding. Yes. <laughs> it is my wedding. Yes, it that's right. As the mother of the group. married. <laughs> Julie, that's all right. We're going to be there. So, um, so I had a whole week to myself in bed, and I did uh, two activities a day. First of all, the weather was just absolutely perfect. Summer, 85, very cool at night. Um, and so, Sheila, I did two activities every day. I think I told you this. So every morning I got up and either rode my bike, my newly refurbished bike. Nice. Um, or I went for a really long walk, sort of a walk-hike thing. Um, and then every afternoon, I did some sort of swimming activity. I floated on the river. I went up to Elk Lake to go swimming. And I that even like went a two-pronged, two-pronged plan. <laughs> two-pronged. And, then, and, and I even went on a kayaking trip, which I really wanted to do. So I signed up for a group tour, you know, which sometimes can be deadly. Depending on who's in your group. Right. I tried to convince a friend of mine to go, but I said, you know, we may have to ride in an econoline van with <laughs> other people. And she, she bailed on that when she heard that. But it was really, really fun. And oh, we that's went, brave of you. Yeah, we went to a lake that, well, first of all, I don't have a kayak. So I can't really go kayaking, you know. Because I don't have a kayak, so they provide. <laughs> that's a basic problem. You that's the first prong in a kayaking plan: is a kayak. Get a kayak. Then you got to get the paddle. Do you have a paddle, Monica? No, no. They provide everything. So, uh, so we went to this lake that I never would have been able to go to if I hadn't gone with the group. But now that I've been there. Uh, my long-term plan, Liz, just so you're aware, I, I am going to definitely buy some sort of watercraft for next summer. Wow. So, okay. Yeah, some sort of like a, a one of those sit-on-top kayaks because that's what we had. They're, you know, just sort of hard plastic things, but you're not in the kayak. You're not down low. So yeah. you couldn't go on a really long trip, but you just sort of sit on top of them. And they make some models that are light enough. I don't know, they're like 40 pounds. And you can put them on top of your car and unload them yourself and get into the river. So just be prepared, Liz, next summer. Okay. I'll be getting one of those. I'm already shopping online for one. So I'm excited about that. But, you know, you get back from vacation. Oh, I hate that. I, <laughs> I, I hate that. No, nobody loves vacation more than you do, Monica. I mean, I know, especially when you wait till the end of the summer and you have this perfect week. And then there's all that dread about the summer ending. But, yeah, 
that's all right. Uh, we're going to have good weather for another month, so hopefully I'm going to do more stuff outside and go back over to Ben sometime in September. But it was just a wonderful, wonderful summer vacation. Sounds Very- good, Monica. Yeah. That's great. It is a hard transition to, like, the back to school, but something about when you see September – I know I, we, you know, you just know it's like a different season, even if it doesn't feel like one outside. Certainly it hasn't here in Dallas. But um, this week in the mail, I received uh, all of the, the school catalogs from high, my high school alumni magazine, my college, grad school, my husband's college, and every single, and I was just flipping through them, looking at them, and Every single magazine um, had done a portrait of somebody, an alum, that had died in 9-11. And I started to read these, and I just it just took me right back. It was as painful as, you know, it was in the moment to read these incredibly tragic stories about people who, you know, just went to work that day. And then we're lost and uh, and, you know, what it is meant to their families or and I think you can understand as a school and as a school community that you would want to commemorate those members of your school community that were lost in 9-11. And as we come up on the 10 year anniversary, it just but it really struck me how painful it still is for so many families. They had one in my husband's college magazine. Um, it was a couple that had met at college and got married. They had been married 38 days when um, when he went to work in one of the World Trade Towers and uh-huh. was killed. And it's just the story of what has ha- it was the story of what has happened to his wife in this in the subsequent 10 years. Um, she did remarry. She has two children, but she also changed her first name. And she changed her first name to her first husband's last name to commemorate, you know, to commemorate him. That she just said he will always be so important, so important and so beautiful, you know, so important to her life. um, That, um, And, you know, I just read it and it just, you know, brought me to tears. But there are so many stories like that. Uh, My husband came home from a business trip uh, from London. He brought the paper. And there was a story of a British couple. They were married exactly 30 days. They got married in a church. He was shipped to Afghanistan right at the beginning of the Afghanistan war. And he was killed. You know, he was one of the first people killed. And so within 30 days, everyone in her family who had gathered for their wedding in this one church was back to um, gather for his funeral. I mean, they're just, it's just the stories, you know, and there's so many like that. So I was thinking about how to commemorate this 10th anniversary. I know I'm going to fly my flag this year. That's, I was thinking about that. I don't know what, what, you know, Liz and Sheila, you were there, of course, in New York. And uh, I don't know. You know, I really, I really thought about going to New York for the anniversary this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, A couple of months ago, I was thinking of doing that just because on that, you're right. Sheila and I then were both living in New York City, but also we were doing Satellite Sisters, uh, the radio show from WNYC Radio, which is just a few blocks from the World Trade Center. So not only 
where we like headed there that morning, but we had a staff of people that worked right there in that neighborhood, and they were there in that mor- that morning. And I just remember so vividly the feeling that it took us like 48 hours to even find each other. Just right. you know, We all found each other pretty quickly, the sisters, but to figure out like our producers and, and editors had kind of scattered that morning and phones were down. And I remember Friday of that week, finally we got together all in the same room and that, that feeling of, okay, everyone on the team made it out alive was a very like strong feeling for me. So that's why I was thinking about maybe this year going back and just rounding up that group because we went through so much that, um, that time and we were out of our building that our radio station was closed down for a couple of months because it was mm-hmm. down in the, uh, in the area. And then for a lot of reasons, because I have a lot of work travel scheduled, I, I decided not to do it. But this week, you know, a lot of the TV specials have started to run. And a lot of the work I do is on National Geographic Channel now. And National Geographic has a lot of specials uh, gearing up for 9-11. And I got to say, I I just have not been able to watch them. Yeah, have, is it too painful it for just, you? I, it just does come back so quickly. I understand that, Liz. I really do. I think the feelings are just as strong, if not as stronger, at 10 years than they were that whole first year, which I, I agree with you. I can't watch any of them. I, I really can't. And I, it's, it's weird to me that at 10 years it would be so much more powerful than it was even at nine years or eight years. I don't know why. Maybe because there was this emotional buildup this year. And so, you know, you're just sort of stealing yourself against it. But it's, you know, I do, like you, Julie, I think about the individual stories of the people. But uh, the, the watching the the recreations of the events and the the news reports from that morning, and I've I've just decided that I I don't think I want to spend a lot of time doing that. And mm-hmm. on the day next Sunday, I would just rather do like sort of be on my own. I think it needs to be a contemplative day. For me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, of and course, you know, it's, it's also my birthday. I know. I was just <laughs> so, about to say, of course, I know it's that's my birthday. so hard, Liz. So if yeah. you're thinking of like sending a clown or, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you have any big surprise party planned for me this Sunday, I'm just not feeling like I'm going to be feeling it this year on my birthday. So, you know, you can do it either before or after. But on that day, I can really see just sort of, you know, taking it easy and and being alone with my thoughts. That's my plan. Sheila, I don't know what you have in mind. I usually do that, Liz. And then we, you know, we usually um, do something at school. We have an assembly. Uh, We don't talk about it in detail, but we definitely mark it. Uh, We always have a moment of silence um, in our assembly. And and sometimes I, I, I don't tell the kids the story of that day. Um, but I, I know there's been a lot of great, you know, charity work that has come out of it um, that I'm going to look into because I know for third graders and for all kids, they feel like they want to be able to do something. Mm-hmm. They want to they feel like they can give something back. So that's sort of what I focus on. Yeah. So, well, I, I, on a related note, I mean, when you think about how much our lives have changed in 10 years, one of the like lingering effects of that day is the whole issue of 
airport security, what it's like to travel now, all of those things that have become routine. It's hard to imagine that 10 years ago those were not routine at all. And you used to be able to just sort of move around the world, move around your country much more quickly than we can do it now. But last week I mentioned on the show we were we were talking about a program the Department of Homeland Security has called Global Entry. Mm-hmm. And what Global Entry is, it means you're pre-cleared at immigration for people who travel in and out of the United States a lot, and which I do now in my job. And Julie, you are pre-cleared at for Global Entry, right? You have the yes. special sticker in your passport. You have the sticker in your passport, which means that when you come back into the U.S., You do not stand in the giant immigration line. You go to a kiosk that looks like um, an ATM machine. You put your your, um, passport in there and put your fingers up on the finger pad, and you are through in like 20 seconds. 20 seconds, Liz. And then even better, when you pick up your luggage and there's a giant line in customs where they're checking, you know, for people who are trying to bring things in, you get to go to a special line. You don't even have to stand in that line. So particularly for people like yourself, Liz, that travel a lot, travel outside the U.S., you're going to feel so powerful. (laughs) So you're just it's going to be one of the most exhilarating things you've done in travel in the last 10 years. That's all I can tell you. Well, so here's what I was afraid of. So last week we had this discussion and I mentioned to you that I was scheduled. You apply for this online, but then you have to go to the Department of Homeland Security for an interview. Oh, I see that Sheila just dropped off the... um, she our, did. Our internet connection here. Let's see. Let's see. If, can I add her? Uh, hold on here. Let me see if there's a way to call Sheila. You know what? I'm going to hang up on everyone, and I'm going to call all you guys back. For listeners, we're just going to take a little break here, and we'll be back. We're the Satellite Sisters. Don't go away. Okay, we're back. Believe it or not, we managed to reconnect Monica, Julie, and... Sheila, whose uh, Skype handle is Annabelle Needle. So, Annabelle, you're there with us now, right? I'm right back. I'm back, Liz. Thank you. Okay, so so here's the deal. So, so last week, Julie terrified me that my interview at the Department of Homeland Security was going to be largely them testing to see if I was really me, which they did by asking a lot of detailed questions about your childhood. Who was your third grade teacher? What was your home phone number when you were a kid? Right, Julie? You told me that's yes. what I should expect. I had questions. I did. I had questions to that effect. Here, can I jump in? It's Monica. Do they know the answers to those questions? (laughs) I don't know. You know, Monica. No, I don't think they do. Uh, They, but they, uh, they They have. Want to see how you react? Yeah, I doubt. I doubt they knew Mrs. McCracken. But I think I think Julie's right. I think they're just looking to see what your emotional reaction is when they they challenge you on a bunch of stuff. But I got to say, and so my fear was, you know, from when we wrote our memoir together, Satellite Sisters Uncommon Senses, that you couldn't remember anything. I couldn't remember anything. I did not have the kind of detailed memories that you guys all had for names and places and dates. I had more conceptual remembrances of, of I, I knew I grew up with you guys, but it was pretty limited, the details I could provide. So I was, I was concerned that the Department of Homeland Security might not believe that I was actually who I said I was. Um, so Julie got me all 
and uh, like driving my, the interview took place at, in their office at LAX and all the way there I was like okay first grade teacher second grade teacher third grade teacher uh, oh, like yeah. home phone number growing up you know two five nine eight four eight five like I had all of that like ready to go as much as I could possibly remember but um interestingly Julie they did not ask me any of that they did there was just he was very nice the one thing they asked me I thought this was hilarious uh they looked over my employment history and you know currently uh I work at a big international television network at Fox International Channels and I work on National Geographic and some other channels before that I worked at the Oprah Winfrey Network before that obviously we did Satellite Sisters for many years and before that I worked at Nike so for a lot of years so they seem to just sort of be looking at that and cuz it explained where I went during all of the years in and out of the country but the, the only thing they actually asked me is like huh you worked for Oprah in California? We thought she lived in Chicago. <laughs> and that was literally the only question I got. I'm like, uh, yeah, well, you're right. Her TV production company is in Chicago, but she actually lives in Montecito, California. And the guy was like, hey, Montecito. Okay, didn't know that. Okay, thanks. And then I was good. Sworn in as a member of the global entry system. Well, they, that's uh, really some kind of screening that, <laughs> that, that they have going that's on. That's kind of scary. I mean, I, I mean. They asked me about my elementary school. They asked me what my junior high. And, of course, because I had been to a lot of unusual places, they wanted to know what I was doing in Iraq or Uzbekistan. We, we'd like to know, too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Did they ask about Kempton Baldridge? <laughs> okay. That was a reference to he was not even a boyfriend, Sheila. It was like one night, okay, and... Uh, I, I just that's okay, all. Well, if Department of Homeland Security knows about that, that would be bad. That is not a good use of their time either. <laughs> but anyway, so they, uh, you know, so they took my fingerprints, which is just electronic. It's none of that. Put your finger in the ink thing. It's just like a computer picture of your fingerprints, and uh, and then they put the little sticker in the back of your passport, and it's a pretty cheesy looking sticker. You know, it just says like you're not going to think so when you come back into that LAX, Liz. That's exactly Every- what the guy said to me. I, I said all of this, and all I get is that sticker. And I was kind of kidding with him. He was like, "You are really going to love this little sticker next time you come back into the U.S." So, uh, and by the way, taxpayers who are listening, we pay for this. It's not like it's free from our government. So we pay for it. And uh, they're actually tried. The guy said, "You know, your company. There are probably a lot of people that go in and out of the country all the time. We're happy to come over and do. If you can get ten or more together, you don't even need to come here for your interview. We'll come to your office and interview a batch of people." I'm like, okay. Wow. He, he still thinks you work for Oprah. So he's just <laughs> like trying to angle party. I mean, he's just like trying a- to angle an Oprah viewing. That's what. <laughs> That's what that's about. Oh, so anyway, so I actually get to test it this week for the first time because I will be, uh, I'm leaving the country tomorrow and coming back on Friday. So on next weekend's show, uh, I will give you a report on how fabulous it is to be able to just go to the head of the line. Something All right, about Liz. that, isn't there? It uh, is. It's exhilarating. You, you mark my words. <laughs> All right. I, I did want to ask you, Julie, speaking of things that relate to uh, justice and our government at work, um, I know you have some strong feelings about the current crop of contestants for uh, Dancing with the Stars. 
Dancing with the Stars. I enjoyed that show, and you know they just announced the new cast. And come on, admit it, admit it. You're dying to see what Nancy Grace is like when she's dancing, aren't you, <laughs> Julie? I'll admit it. You know what I want to see? I want to see Nancy Grace's ankles. <laughs> I mean, that might sound a little mean, but you know, she's like the queen in the pantsuit. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. so I am very curious to see what Nancy Grace's ankles look like and for her to do the pasadoble. <laughs> oh, I'm going to be watching. I, think yeah, it was- I already heard someone refer to her as Foxtrot Mom. And I, Fox- thought, that was- <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny given how she popularized the phrase Top Mom. So I am, I'm certainly voting for Nancy Grace, cankles and all, Monica. I, I'm on the Nancy Grace team. I'm also Chaz Bono. I, I think he is going to be quite the breakout star, don't you? I mean, I've, I've seen a special on him, and he's very appealing. I mean, yes, he's yes. Just, and I think he is going to do really, really well, don't you? He's got the showbiz background, you know, yeah, so, so you never know. It'll, that will be interesting to see. And the one that I, I, I'm hoping he does well, but I suspect is going to be an early flame out is Carson Kressley. Uh, you know, he, he's we he met looks Carson. like he probably wouldn't pay attention during the instruction part of it. <laughs> Although I, I, I think he's a ton of fun. I mean, yes, he's, yes. he's great to watch. And he, his outfits are going to be amazing. Yes. Because he's going to have a say in it, I'm sure. Yeah. Yes, I, I. But I somehow suspect that he might not be a good dancer. For or I, we might have difficulty with the movements. And you're right, Monica. I don't. I don't know who his partner is, but I don't know if he's really going to pay attention to what she's saying. <laughs> but I, the other, the other cast members. I wish them well. But I, these are my three picks for the season. I, I just am very excited about it. I think Nancy Grace is going to go far. You know, she's going to be one of those controversial candidates. Uh, you know, people, uh, you know, love to hate her, love her. You know, they're all going to be voting for her. They're all going to have stuff to say. So it should be very exciting. Well, frankly, half of those people I had never heard of. So you're right. You named the three people that I was semi-familiar with. <laughs> I, would, I would like us all to gang together and get our Kardashian off the show in week one, if that's possible. Not that I don't like the girls. I really do admire the girls and the work they do, but I don't like to see the brother drafting uh, <laughs> those hardworking Kardashian girls. You're right. He said he wanted to do it because he wanted to lose weight. That was his main motivation. Okay. No, no. I'm sorry. I, I would rather see Carson Kressley go all the way. He's always been so nice to us. We've met yes. him backstage at events, right, sister? Yes. Yes, we have. He's been lovely to us. He's and fantastic. I, Really wish him well, and you're right, Monica. He is going to have, you know, he's going to have fabulous outfits. Oh yeah, he's going to look very good in the tuxedos. He's mm-hmm. going to everything. He's going to he's going to certainly look the part, and I think he'll be able to woo the judges a little bit. And yeah. of course, you know, the world is waiting for Cher to come to the finals. I mean, you know, uh-huh. if there's a possibility that Cher might be in the audience, Julie, this is a big draw. Yes, uh, that's true. I hadn't even thought of that. That's like the big ratings bump they got with Sarah Palin in the audience. Ratings right. bump, Liz. Now you're talking like a TV executive. <laughs> yeah. She's got the sticker, too. <laughs> we got to get some stickers, Monica. <laughs> I got some stickers in my classroom. Good work. Yeah, just, just uh, slap that in your passport. Sheila, do you, do you, do you have a passport, Sheila? Home, homework due. <laughs> Please. 
have parents sign. That's the only sticker I ever got. Sheila, just before we close, this I didn't warn you that I want to ask you about this. So maybe I'll just prep you for the next show that you're on. But, you know, this week was the Venice Film Festival. Oh, and, Liz, and I am all of that. Your hero, Madonna, had her directorial debut. Correct? Did you see how stunning she looked? Okay, here's what I was going to say. Did you see how much work she's had done on her face? Yes, I did, and I don't care. <laughs> she is my girl. We are exactly the same age. I I love I love how she looks. I I don't I don't care. I oh. I, I think she she looks fantastic. Oh, and I gotta say, I went the other way. It made me a little bit sad to see that she's like. She seems to have, like, implanted a lot of things in her face. And I was just sad because I I think of Madonna as someone that can just, like, go forth as herself a little bit more. But But did you see her body? She didn't do any. I mean, there's nothing fake in that body. She still looks fantastic. Okay. All right. All right. I'm sticking with that. She's my girl. (laughs) She she has a multi-prong approach, don't you think (laughs) so? Totally multi-prong. Right. All right. Well, it's, uh, called, it's called fillers, money, and more money. <laughs> You'd like to have a prong like that. <laughs> I'd like to have You'll... one of those prongs. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, as I, as we said at the beginning of the show, this is a labor for, of love for us. We hope you're having a great Labor Day weekend. Uh, don't forget, we're, we're at SatelliteSisters.com. And you can subscribe to the show at iTunes, but because we're switching servers, it means you have to go and subscribe to the show that's listed as the Satellite Sisters Comedy. We used to be listed in a different category that's called Family and Kids. So go there and make sure you're subscribed correctly. We have hundreds of shows in our audio archive there. We have even been working, I hate to use this word, because we can't quite deliver it yet, but I think we are within weeks of delivering the Satellite Sisters app, Sisters. It's very exciting. Yeah, I think we might have our own app ready to go, so you'll just be able to, like, put it on your phone and listen to us whenever you want. So we have uh, all of that coming. We always want to hear from you on our blog at SatelliteSisters.com. And don't forget about Chaos Chronicles, because I was reading there, Leon also really is dying to see Nancy Grace dance, too. So. So I'm not alone in this. Uh, so uh, be sure to check out Leans at chaoschronicles.com. All right. So thanks, sisters. Great talking to you. Have a good week. Okay. Yes, travel Thanks, well, Liz. All right. Thanks. I'll let you know how it goes. And don't forget, call your satellite sister.